my name is Kelly Tyen, and welcome to A Shift Dish to the Fun. Hey guys, welcome to the show. You are going to learn how I overcome adversity, hear from people just like you that have faced challenges and still keep climbing. Are you ready to elevate your life and choose your path? Let's do it together. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I am so excited for you guys to all meet my next guest because this woman you're about to meet has truly changed my life in so many ways. I met her at the end of 2011 when I took interest in fitness competitions. I had no idea anything about a fitness competition except that a friend said, would you ever want to compete? And I had a fitness business back then that I was, you know, um, training women, coaching women in a boot camp. I said, let's take this to the next level. Um, what's a fitness competition? So I was introduced to Savage Camp and I jumped right in for a full weekend. It was amazing. And um, it was definitely savage and not an average camp. That is who you are meeting today. Her name is Kathy Savage. She coached me through with her team through my first three fitness shows. They were national. And I did end up winning the three titles, which was super exciting, but it was all with her help and her coach's help. Everything they did for me was truly amazing. I learned so much about Kathy as I began my journey. I found out everything she has accomplished and how she just really began paving the way for women in fitness and in coaching way back in the 90s. She since then has been featured on MTV, ABC News, ESPN, and Fox News. She is an internationally fitness and executive leadership coach and is the pioneer of online coaching for fitness branding and leadership. She also, let me throw in, has built two multi-million dollar businesses. What I love about her is her tell it like it is mentality because this woman is the real deal. She stands up for what she believes in, and she definitely has a victor's mentality. There is no victim in this woman at all. So welcome to the show, Kathy. Thanks, Cal. Happy to be here. Yes, I want to dive in with you because as we were speaking before this began, there's so much I could talk to you about, and I just want women to and men that are listening to walk away with tips from you you know, how you have this victor's mentality and everything you do. But I want to go back to your story of, you know, where everything began for you. I mean, you're the pioneer. So you didn't have social media back then to market your business. So from where you were to where you've gotten, you did it all on your own. And I just want to go back in what made you even take an interest in fitness to begin with? Oh, well, that's a great question. And thank you for... Um, asking me to do this because I would love to just, I just love to have coffee with you, lunch with you, whatever it is. So I feel like this is that intimate conversation that we normally have. Um, well, thank you for all of those nice things that you said too. Fitness for me came out of a love for just being active and being an athlete growing up. I was a competitive tennis player, actually. A lot of people don't know that, uh, but I also, um, you know, danced and did cheerleading and all of those wonderful things in addition to fitness in and of itself. So I missed those competitive days after college and I didn't know 
what I wanted to do. I started working at a gym, teaching aerobics because I love to dance and started meeting bodybuilders. And right around that time was when the sport of fitness started. It was actually the first year. And I remember it so vividly, Cal. People were saying, oh my gosh, they're gonna do this new division where you don't have to be as muscular and you get to do a little dance routine and you get to be in a bathing suit and you don't have to be as muscular. And I said, well, sign me up. That sounds perfect. So that's how I started everything out of the love for movement and working out and all of those things that I missed after college. And I think there's a lot of women who get involved in fitness for that very reason. And when I got involved, there were no coaches, there were no trainers doing that specifically. So after a couple of shows, I realized I had a niche and people were asking me for help. And I created, I created a company that specifically focused on competition prep. So, okay, so you started this competition and you had to gather clients together. How did you take those steps? How did, you know, like I said, without social media, were you so competitive with yourself that, you know, your work ethic, what was the goal at that time? Did you have a goal? I need to get 20 women in my, you know, in my coaching business or, you know, tell us about that and how you built that. That's a great question because I think a lot of people today look at coaching that way. I need to get enough clients. I need to get this. Uh, for me, I would love to tell you there was this strategic playbook, but there wasn't because this was, there, it's so hard for people to understand back then there was nothing like this. And so all I knew was team, sports, athleticism, and when I started attracting a few clients who hired me based on seeing me at a show and asking me for help, it started to come to fruition that, hey, I miss my days of being on a team. Why don't I take these three and four clients and we travel together? I'll coach them together. I'll, I'll create a community, even though there were just a few people, and we'll do everything together because that's all I knew in sports was teamwork. And it's what I studied. It's what I wanted to become. I coached a little in, you know, little various things all through my youth. Um, and so it just made sense to me. And it started snowballing because we realized that we were so much stronger together. And instead of being in competition with people, the girls kind of cheered each other on and supported each other. So if one of them won, the other one was part of that win because they had coached, they, we coached them together. It started so small. And, you know, as far as it working, it wasn't about having these massive goals. It was working until dot, dot, dot. It was working until I had something magical. And it was that sweat equity that made me so passionate that it didn't even feel like work, but I knew that something was coming out of it and it was really special. And from there, it just began to snowball and it snowballed to a point where national people would come. But I'll tell you, Cal, what I did is I did a lot of belly to belly. I would go to the events, I would go to the Arnold, I would meet the actual Jan Tana, the woman who created the first uh, tanning products. Uh, I would meet people, I would shake hands, I would get to know magazine public publishers. That was a lot of sweat equity that, yeah, there was no social media, so I had to be there every single time and because of that hard work and that ambition it just kept growing and i would meet the right people and it would just grow from there 
was that out of your comfort zone to do that, to meet these people, or did that come naturally to you? I'd like to say it was not at the time out of my comfort zone because I was so 10 feet tall and bulletproof. I knew I had something special and so no one could deny me. I was very clear on the way I wanted women to prep for shows. I was very outspoken at the beginning, no drugs, no extreme um, techniques, nothing. So I really knew I wanted to stand out. I also, um, my degree at Boston College, very business oriented. I knew that it, even back then, I knew that I needed to be a little disruptive and go against the norm to stand out. But there wasn't anyone doing what I did. So it, for me at the time, I was standing out against bodybuilders and they weren't even in my genre. So it wasn't that hard for me to stand out the way it kind of is now. Um, I was really honestly making it up as I went along and people always say, wow, that strategy for you, that strategy you had, it really wasn't a strategy. It was assessing what was going on and, and being so creative in the process, which is another thing that's kind of lacking today, but being so passionate that the creativity just kept going. And, you know, what started is, hey, I'll choreograph a fitness routine. Hey, um, I have all these nutrition licenses. I'm going to do their nutrition. Hey, I'm going to help them with posing. Hey, I'm going to help them with training. It, it was like a snowball and the layers kept adding on to each other. So then we eventually had this multi-service company and I, it just came from there. I love it. It just, you show up and that's the bottom yeah. line. You show up every single day for your women, for your clients. And they knew you were showing up and they kept showing up because of that. I think that's really important for people to know because people get stuck if they're building a business right now or, you know, whatever they're doing in their life. And if they're not showing up, no one's going to show up. So everything you said is just exactly like I described to you in the beginning. You're a tell it like it is. You're a show up. You're just going to go and go and go until you get what you actually want. And I love that about you. I do. I've learned so much from you over the years, even in my business. You know, I think about you if I want to throw the towel in or not keep going. Oh, Kathy would never do that. I'm going to keep going because you do. You show up on social every day. And I just love that. But I want to go back to when you are training these women in the fitness industry, people competing. I know you talk a lot about the sexualization of this industry and how it's changed. And I just want you to touch on that a little bit. What did you see evolve? What happened? What do you think is going on today? Is it different? Yeah, it is. It never was the way it is now. Let's just be honest. Um, fitness was a more pageant pageantry, but it was more athletic as well when it first started. Um, <clears throat> and if you remember, it originated out of bodybuilding. So it was very athletically driven. So the women that competed were athletes. So when fitness started, it was, it was you do a routine, which included dance, gymnastics, strength moves, whatever that may be and then a physique round. So everybody had to kind of get through that two minute routine. And so women who were really just more about the physique, they still went through the, uh, they learned the strength moves because they wanted to participate. So the athleticism when it was just fitness was incredible. And what happened was and as a business strategy, and I understand it, many of the promoters realized, hey, there's a lot of women who may not want to do cartwheels and one-arm push-ups. They might want to just focus on the physique. And that's how bikini and eventually figure came to be. It was out of a, 
a, a business need from having more women participate. And it's wonderful. And it started off so beautifully because it was the same athleticism. Uh, figure has always been athletic, but the bikini was where we saw the ships, the bikini rounds. And it started off beautiful. It started off wholesome. It started off athletic, but it just kind of shifted a different way. Just like modern media is where you say sex sells, it really followed that same path. And it kind of got out of hand and it is out of hand, but it's, it's interesting. Some of the original federations that were so overly sexual have toned it down since. And uh, some of the other organizations are more sexual now. But I think that it really got polarized with social media because now women can gain followers and potential sponsorships the more they are seen. We didn't have that back then. So in the old days, you could be, you could be at a show, Kel, someone would be the, in the audience because at the time, uh, publishers would go to the shows and they would see you and then they would offer you a layout or, an, or a cover. Now they look at your social media, they don't have to go to shows. So women don't even really have to compete anymore if they don't want to. They actually just start up with their social media and some women will kind of do anything to get noticed. And that's where you see the over-sexualization. It's, it's really unfortunate uh, because it never was intended to be that way. It was so athletic when it started. So I know you do another, you host another event. It's your event called Be Amazing. Was mm -hmm. this something that you wanted to start because you were, you know, tired of this industry? Or I know your hand is still in competitions, but is this a branch off to just draw it back to where it was? Tell us about your event, Be yeah. Amazing. Why did you start that? Yeah, it was a partnership. It was a labor of love with Celia Thompson. I think you know her. Uh, she's amazing out of, out of Charlotte, Carolina, North Carolina. Um, we were really tired of women being judged, usually by a panel of men, quite frankly. And we found that they weren't even judging them the way that it originally, that even the, the criteria was allowing them to be. So you know, federations have criteria. And then when you see that the judges aren't even following their own criteria, you know there's a problem. And I wanna be really clear that we were winning shows. This wasn't, well, we're not winning, therefore we're gonna create our own thing. We were winning. But at the end of the day, I'm a businesswoman. And I saw from beginning to end what that experience was like for my clients and other women that I don't even work with to show up to a show, you know, prepare for months, spend all this money and be treated terribly, be treated like cattle, standing in line for over an hour to register. It's not okay with me. And it was really that plus the over-sexualization. So Seal and I got together and we said, geez, we wish this was different. And honestly, Paul Busetta from Strong Magazine is our other partner. And he was the one who really kept saying to me year after year, Kathy, when are you going to do this? The industry needs this. And so that was that final push. And what we decided was it was going to be about fitness. So there was no swimsuit. It was a workout outfit of your choice. And you weren't judged. There was no winner. It was everybody coming on stage for a longer period of time and their story was told. And Kel, the stories were absolutely amazing. It was a celebration of women 
and just the whole, the sponsors loved it. You felt like a queen. You know, even when you were on stage, Kel, a couple times, what drove me absolutely bananas was nobody knew what you had gone through. And so it was situations like that where to me, there needed to be a story told about each woman because we all have our own stories. And so story after story, imagine a woman coming on stage, just, just beaming with excitement, no nerves because she's not being judged. She got feedback from industry professionals, but, and then coming on stage within an evening gown to celebrate all that preparation for that day. So it was an absolute passion project. Um, we're going to be running one again later this fall. Um, Seal is really the one, the driving force behind it, Celia. And I couldn't be more excited, but also we, you know, when people want to compete, we also support them along the way too. We just really wanted to give women options and that's how it came to be. I love it. And I think it's such a beautiful event. I mean, that is exactly what we need. So anyone that's listening and doesn't want to be in a bikini, I mean, this is something like you said, to tell your story, something, set a goal for yourself, to be proud of yourself. I just love it. I think it's beautiful. So thank you for putting that out there. And I'm so happy. When is the next one? It's going to be in October. So okay. I'll keep you posted for the dates. Absolutely. So yeah. now I know you being a fitness professional and leading a gazillion women in this industry, you also became part of network marketing. And I just want to touch upon that because like you weren't busy enough with all this other stuff, you took on a network marketing um, position. So tell us a little, what made you decide on the company and why that company and how did that evolve? You know, I, I call myself the accidental network marketer because I had no intention of doing that. I actually didn't even know what it was, Kel. I thought it was like, marketers for television stations, like network, like the ABC network. I'm not kidding you. I really didn't understand it. And until when I had my MTV show, after that, a lot of people, a lot of companies were coming to me asking me to have my own brand. And, you know, of course they'd want to put your picture on a label. They're all the same. But so I started getting all these deals and I really didn't understand the process. So I learned a little bit um, but at the time, they weren't even network marketing companies. They were companies that sold products in um, your vitamin stores like that. And what I realized was it didn't align with the way I was speaking with like all natural uh, ingredients, no artificial sweeteners. And at the end of the day, I knew it was going to be just a really bad thing if I signed on with some of those companies who are amazing, by the way, but I just couldn't. It would, be, it would have been such a weird thing for me to be like, oh, drink my shake, but it's got artificial sweeteners, but you know, that's okay. Um, so I, I just was jaded. I was so jaded by the industry and um, went about 2009, 2010, a lot of companies started coming to me that were network marketing. And I still, at the end of the day, didn't really understand the concept. Um, people would come into my studio and say, do you know how much money you could make? Do you know how much money you could make? This is a great business model. And that really turned me off because back in the day when I started my company, it was a labor of love. I did not do it to make money. I had an amazing job, a full-time job when I started my fitness company. So money wasn't ever really the driving force for me. So when people would come to me that I really didn't even know, I just was kind of turned off by it. It wasn't until one of my clients started using the product that I'm affiliated with now. Is it okay for me to say the company that of I'm course, Of course, of course. Okay. So, 
And that approach was completely different for me. And I can only speak for me. Uh, people, you know, sign on with a company that they love and that they're aligned with. And I love the industry. There's a lot of great companies out there. But for me personally, I needed to know that it was more science and wellness driven than how much money you're going to make. And so for me, it was when I looked at the ingredients of all the products that Isogenics had, it was kind of my dream list of what I would have had if I had my own label and what I would have used. Um, and then aligning with the formulators who I knew just from reading sports nutrition books. So for me personally, it was a wonderful place to kind of have product alignment. And if you are an entrepreneur, especially in the fitness world, you absolutely have to have product alignment. And so this was a no brainer for me. Um, I was skeptical at first, like I am of everything. We're from Boston, we're skeptical. But when I started seeing the results, when I started feeling better, looking younger, I knew that this was something special. And that was eight years ago. And they are, uh, the owners of Isogenics are clearly the most intentional, loving people. So it's very family oriented. Um, it was just a great place for me that I now can call home, and I'm so proud of uh, being aligned with them. They're, they've just been wonderful to me. Congratulations, because I know how hard you work, and I know you're right where you are supposed to be. And like you said, this product line, I agree. It's great. I love it myself. And um, you're absolutely touching lives and changing lives and helping women also become, as you said earlier, part of a team, a winning team, and you're mm -hmm. holding their hands. And I love that about you and what you're doing, because I think that's the most important thing is when you're in a company like that, it, people shouldn't feel alone, you know, and they need to feel that you're going to guide them to get them to where they need to be as you're getting to where you need to be. And I think that you really represent that well. So I do. I love, I love it. And I want to shift a little bit of the focus to your passion and drive because, you know, you work now with women that are over 40 and going through menopause and, you know, I'm 45, things change. I mean, I competed, I was on the stage. I would never do that again. <laughs> I don't see myself putting on, you know, a bikini on stage, but you know, I had my, it was an amazing experience, but you know, when you turn 40 and things change and they shift, you know, you've created another program for these women. And I want to talk about that because I know a lot of listeners out there, when they turn 40, especially women, they kind of give up a little bit, you know, menopause, oh, I'm too tired. I don't have the energy. I'm not young anymore. Well, I don't believe that because I'm 45 and I'm still going and I'm still working out. So what is this program all about? Tell us a little bit about that. And um, I just want women to feel they can, um, they don't have to give up at 40. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I know when people say, oh my God, you're 56, they can't believe it. And I always say, well, I'm so immature that people just assume I'm younger. But honestly, uh, you and I both know that the foods we choose really kind of predicate what kind of energy we're going to have. And that's the beauty of what we both do is being able to really educate women on what foods work the best. When you turn 40 and over, unfortunately, some of the foods that used to work more efficiently don't work as the same way anymore. And so I find it fascinating because instead of getting upset about it, I just feel like the female body is absolutely a miracle. 
and it responds so intuitively to what we are going through. And so we actually have um, a group of women within our membership who we call menopause makeover. So their nutrition is very high um, geared toward holistic greens, uh, supplementation that's very natural, good fat oils driven, more plant-based. These are all things that we kind of cover within our monthly membership with that menopause group that really kind of caters to them because I truly feel, and you know this, Cal, is, you know, suddenly just eating the heavier proteins, the animal proteins, when you're older, it just, you just can't recover the way you used to, even alcohol too. Um, I don't drink any alcohol at all, um, not because I don't want, I just choose not to. So maybe three or four years ago, I could have a glass of wine here and there, but now I'm wrecked if I do. It's and awful. Why is that? Tell us yeah. because the same thing and for me, I, it's, I love having a glass of wine and I can have two glasses in the next day. I don't do my workout and I'm going to stand with that. It's awful. Yeah. Here's, here's what's so great. My doctor and I, you know, we have this kind of thing that we're trying to um, really just share with women is number one, it, we know it's dehydrating. So, you know, it, it's really that more than anything. Cause I am all about like, I, I've never done Botox. I, I, I would sleep in an oxygen tank if I had one, but I'm all about this, the creams and the, this and the that. But what that wine does is it just kind of just dries us out but there are women who can have a glass of wine and they're fine. So I'm not saying don't drink wine, but what I did is I started drinking like as my treat in, on the weekends where I would normally have a glass of wine, I would have a Pellegrino. And I feel fantastic after. So this isn't about wine is wrong because it isn't everything in moderation, but there are little things for me, it's, it was that one to two glasses of wine a week that kind of made me feel lousy but it might be something else for you as you turn, as you get older. And that's what happens to us. We start things that used to be okay, don't work for us as well anymore. So we have to be so mindful. Uh, my advice to everybody is to literally quadruple your greens and your plant-based products, uh, but your natural plant-based uh, products to load up on as many greens and vegetables as you can, because women, uh, I have found that women who are 40 and over, 50 and over, are really feeling so much lighter when they do that, when they eliminate the heavy, heavy proteins um, and, and just the, the hard starches. So basically, we have to eat more intuitively as we get older. I agree. And I think the thing about doing that for women, I think what stops them is they're so used to eating the way they have that the change is hard. Like you said, yeah. less protein. I mean, we were conditioned, me too, in the fitness industry. And what women need to realize is that unless you're getting on stage and training for something specific that you're in the gym five days a week, yes, you might need 100 grams of protein, but not for the average woman that might go for a walk three days a week. You know, I think that's the mis you know, communication right there that people say, well, I need all this protein and like you said, incorporating more greens can make a really big difference without all that animal protein. So it's something to just try and not to be afraid of it. Yeah. And, and you're, you're so right. And 
to combat that, we're dealing with stresses that we didn't have to stress about when we're in our 30s. So, you know, not to scare you, Cal, but, you know, as you get older, you start hearing about people that you know who are sick, people who have issues, uh, people who pass away. It's, it's a stress of a woman as she gets older that you have to face. And so when you're 30 and 35 and, you know, you're carefree, you don't have usually, usually, and there are certain situations that are different, but as you age, your stress level changes. Uh, stress of mortality, stress of reality, stress of work, stress of career, potential retirement, children, teenagers, tuition, all of these things happen to us when we're 40 and over. And our bodies, they just can't deal with it the way they did when they were when we were in our 30s. So everything has to shift. So you've got to kind of navigate through that stress. And one of the best ways is to ease your digestion, which is what you just described, Kel. And that is just one way to get through your lifestyle goals, is to really kind of make a mental shift of navigating through stressful situations, being more um, sympathetic to your digestive needs, so you're eating healthy and foods from the earth. These are just certain, uh, these are just some of the tools that a woman 40 and over uh, can use, but life is certainly not over. That is for sure, as you know. As I know. Yes. So you, you know, being over, since we're still on this topic, another minute, what is your specific self-care routine? Because you look great and just give some women out there that might be listening right now that is your age saying, I want to know what she does. What do you do to take care of yourself so much? I would say the biggest thing that I do is I drink a lot of water. I have a ton of greens, like I just said. Like, honestly, I feel that my green intake is probably, I don't know why I don't look like Shrek. I am so green-based. Uh, I drink plant-based shakes for my Cygenics. Um, I, I really am mindful of that. But I think one of the biggest things that I've been able to do, and it took me a while to get there, was to really be a ninja with my time management. And as a result, the, that stress each day is better. And so, you know, sometimes it, it isn't just the food, it's your lifestyle. I, I block off specific times where I go dark, you cannot reach me, I'm with my children, my husband. Um, I've been very um, sacred about my time. That is something that I think a lot of women, especially good, nice women, they want to help everybody. And in our, our industry, that's what I used to do. But I found that that used to stress the heck out of me if I just worked 24 seven. And so I really created boundaries for myself. Um, that's probably one of the best things I did for my health. Um, Self-care, you know, I don't get a lot of massages. I really should get more massages. Those things I would love to do more. Oh, you know what else I do? I do a Korean mask. Like oh, what's that? Every other night. I do, it's like a, you know, I, I love all the Korean like pop bands. <laughs> but I do a Korean mask. Uh, I don't have an affiliate link, but the one I use is Meta Heal, M-E-D-I dash Heal. And it just, you know, I wake up in the morning and my skin is like incredible. So uh, that's been something I do. That's and they're like so inexpensive. Um, you get them on Amazon. They're like next to nothing. So I really don't spend a lot for my self-care. I, I really just protect my energy. 
and the people that I surround myself with. And I think to me, that's what the best thing a woman can do is to really be mindful of her surroundings and who she surrounds herself with and are they supportive or not and positive. That is the most important thing as we get older. We realize that more and more, right? I mean, yeah. I have a 20 year old daughter and I want to just pull her out of that group and put her in another one, you know, because you see it. But, you know, as you get older, you do realize like exactly what you said, mm -hmm. putting your family first and surrounding yourself with the people you want to be around can create so much happiness and health within you. You don't even realize Ooh, yeah. That's most important. Yep. So let me ask you, because you're giving us so many good tips, but what if someone is just starting in their health journey? what would be the first step someone could take? Mm. Um, that is a great question and it's a very easy answer. What is one thing that you can change? Because when you start a journey like that, it's exciting, but it can be overwhelming. And in today's world, you just have to scroll on Instagram to see like a 5 million different ways to get healthy or 5 million different products to use. What I love to do with women who are just starting and really want to make a change and they are committed, I, I ask them, what is one thing that we can change this week? Maybe it's your water intake. Let's focus on having the appropriate water or let's make it to the gym just a, two days a week. Let's, let's succeed there. So it's, you know, a fitness journey is like a ladder. You have to take each step and with each step is a small success story as opposed to like going cold turkey and just going at it, that never works because life gets in the way, especially as women. We, have, we, are, we are like circus jugglers, we're juggling everything. And so if we can change one thing, and I, I do this a lot with my high achieving uh, executive clients, people who are C-suite vice presidents of banks and companies, um, and they're just going, 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 and, and they just don't know where to turn. And they're so successful in one thing, but they can't get it together with their fitness journey. We do that. We do one step at a time. What is one thing that you can change and make it minimal so that you feel successful and then you can add something else to the plate. Um, and I think that's the best way people can start because they're going to feel successful with each little milestone. Exactly. I think that's perfect. One thing you can change. And I love that. Just the water, period. That's it. Increase your water. Don't get overwhelmed because the baby steps are where you'll end up at the top. If you take those baby steps, you know, every week or every day, just take the step, right? One thing, focus on the one thing. So in our journey of life, in this show is called Addicted to the Climb. You've been on the climb for a long time. And, um, Obviously, we all go through setbacks. So when you are going through a setback, what are some things that you do for yourself to get yourself moving forward and climbing higher? All I can think of is that Miley Cyrus song, It's the Climb. You, you need to have that like as your background music. Um, <laughs> I, I absolutely love that song, by the way. P.S. That's like the best song ever. Um, that, that's really simple, and I'm glad you asked that because people ask me that all the time, and it's very simple. It's gratitude. So I never, ever feel if something's happening to me, I turn it and say it's for me. And I will tell you that, you know, when you've been in business for over 30 years like I have, it's not all puppies, rainbows, dolphins, unicorns. There's a lot of things that happen as a business owner. Uh, there's a lot of setbacks. Um, and if there isn't, 
you know, that's not a business. I don't know what that is, but no one can be in vertical growth forever. You know, the best companies, Fortune 500 companies, all have setbacks and you have personal ones too as a woman. And I can say that one of the things that my parents really um, taught me was gratitude. So if something happened, I always try to find that silver lining because there always is one. And I've taught that to my children. And I think when you, you know, as a mom, when you try to reinforce something to your kids, you even believe it even stronger. So I've never looked at something as a setback. I've looked at something as a, um, a just, you know, a course correction, if you will, whether if it's someone who disappointed me or some type of a business transaction that may not have gone well, I look at it as just a course correction. And I will say this, and I say this to young entrepreneurs all the time, and I love working with, um, with people just starting out in any business. I always say that these things are always a good thing. When a door shuts, something magical happens. And it's absolutely, I know people hear that, but I can say just being in business as long as I have, that every single setback has pivoted me higher. It's pivoted me to a higher ground. So it kind of had to happen for me to get to that next spot. And I want to encourage women who do feel a setback, whether it's physical or in their career goals, to ride the storm. Be grateful for the process. Be grateful to be alive. Be grateful to even have the ability to course correct, but to always find that silver lining because it's, it's there and you just got to ride the storm. You have to ride the storm. And I love the phrase course correct, but it's reminding me of a story you've told in the past. I want you to tell us again of when clients would come to you, you know, these women would come to you and maybe they're having a pity party and they're saying, but Kathy, this happened to me and my husband left me. And I remember there's a story that you used to say, what would you say to these women? Because I loved it. And if you can't remember, I can remind you. Well, there's a lot of different things I've said to women, but um, repeating it about repeating it. Tell me again. Right, right. So that process, it's kind of like a neurolinguistic type of process of professional coaching. Um, and I remember vividly, I don't know if you were at that Camp Savage, but there was a woman who got up and, you know, it was, you know, a pity party. It was, you know, my husband doesn't support me. I can't remember. Dog ate my homework. And I asked her to repeat the story. And I ask her to repeat it again and again and again. And then I have her sing it almost in operatic, like my husband left me, that type of thing. And then I have her cluck like a chicken and say the same story. And now by now they're getting mad at me, um, but they trust me. And so I get to that point where they've said it probably 10 times. And then I say to them, are you sick of your story yet? And they, they, then they realize what just happened. And because we do get stuck in stories, we do get stuck in that proverbial swamp where you just want to sit down and it gets mucky and you got to walk through it and it gets thicker and it gets more difficult. But if we stay in that story mentality, it's safe. And it's, it's an excuse of why you're not where you want to be. So we really want to have women release that story because if they hold on to it, they're not going to get to where they want to be. So it's like you said, victim or victor, your choice. 
and you've got to walk through that swamp, knowing that on the other side, you're gonna be okay, but you gotta go through that swamp first to get there. And I do that by telling women to repeat their stories over and over. The other thing that I do as well, Kel, is, and I've actually used you as an example, is when people tell me things like, I ate a brownie at my two-year-old son's birthday party, now everything's ruined. Um, I always, always, refer them to women that I know who have been ill or been through a disease or uh, women who are fighting for life in, in the hospital as we speak, people that I've worked with. Um, I always want women to feel the gratitude that they even have the ability to course correct. And so that's, you know, I just hold the mirror up to people's faces because we really don't have it that bad. We really don't. You're so right. I mean, see, everyone listening, what I said in the beginning, she tells it like it is, and that's why we love you. And it, it's true, the course correct, I'm, gonna, I'm writing that down, that phrase, course correct, because I truly believe everything you said, you have to just course correct in order to move on. Because mm -hmm. listen, we're going to wake up and tomorrow something else is going to happen. That's not, you know, Absolutely. that's not the question. Yeah. So... Oh, wow. We have this just so much I could talk to you about all day long. I mean, you've given us so many tips and advice, and I love that. I want to ask you something personal. What are you reading right now? Anything you want to share with us? <laughs> what am I reading? I am going to be one of those people who, you know, I know everyone loves to talk about what they're reading or what they're listening to. Um, honestly, right now, as we speak, I am not reading anything other than referring to The Big Leap by uh, Gay Hendricks. It's one of my favorite entrepreneurial books. Um, it's wonderful and I do make references to it a lot. I recommend people read it. Um, it talks about the four quadrants of zones of genius and excellence and competence and incompetence. And if you are an entrepreneur, you should really read that book uh, because it really talks about being really good at something and being known for something and kind of delegating things you're not that good at. So I'm in that book a lot only because I work with so many entrepreneurs that actually need that, need that work. The other book that I always am like kind of grabbing and referring to is Secrets of the Millionaire Mindset. Love that book. But my all-time favorite book is The Gold Standard by Coach Shazewski, who is the basketball coach at Duke. Uh, it is so good. It's not, it's so business-oriented and leadership-oriented. And people will say, why are you reading, why do you want me to read that book, Kathy? It's about a basketball coach. And I say, it's not, it's about life. So those are kind of my three books that I'm always like grabbing at to teach a lesson. Um, but honestly, right now I'm so involved in the college process that I haven't had the downtime to read as much as I want to, uh, just because my son is looking at schools and, you know, it's, it's just a busy family time right now. So, well, well, that leads me into, I have to ask you one last question. Um, what you have a family, you're a businesswoman, you have all this going on. Do you believe in balance? How do you balance everything? Because you do, you're going, you have a lot going on right now. Yeah. I, I mean, the definition of balance is organized chaos. So um, I have organized chaos. I do. But life isn't pretty. You can't, you can't time block a diaper change. You can't do those things. So, um, you know, women who don't have kids, they, they can time block better and they, they can have non-negotiables. That doesn't exist when you're a mother. My kids always know that I, they come first. They can interrupt me at any time. doesn't matter. Um, but 
I believe in time management more than the word balance. Um, and what I do is, like I said, is when my kids come home from school, you can't reach me. You just can't. It, it's that's their time. And then I'll jump back into something else. I have, I am a huge ninja of time management and thank you, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, who I worked with. She, that was what she did. She didn't teach me that much about business. She taught me how to manage my time. And so ever since then, my kids are the centerpiece and my husband too, and everything revolves around them. So you can have that, um, that balance of your, of your schedule, but you have to choose it. Um, and if you put your family first, you will go far. It's when you don't put them first and you don't have those boundaries, that's when you feel overwhelmed. But if they are the centerpiece of your table, everything else just flows around them. It rotates around them and it works. I could not agree with you more. I feel the exact same way, but I've learned that, you know, over the years, it wasn't always like that. I was trying to do so much. And I think for women listening that our mothers really just take what she said and write that down. Put your, if you have to put a sticky note to remind yourself on your bathroom mirror, family first, it really does mm -hmm. make a difference in how your life evolves and how your day evolves. I mean, everything stems from that. Yeah, I, I've said no, I've said no Cal to so many things because there was no way I was leaving my kids for an extended period of time. Like television shows in LA where there was like a month long filming. I mean, that could have been awesome, but you know what? I'm not leaving my family for 30 days. Now, someone else, that's their journey, and that's awesome, but I feel 100% confident that I've made the right decisions to say no, more no than yes, and I have two amazing children as a result. So, you know, but everyone has to kind of manage it their own way, but the, the good news is for, for moms is you don't, you're never giving up anything when you put your family first because other opportunities will arise and they may be the better ones. So I, I always say that. I know that people are ambitious and they wanna build something extraordinary. Keeping your priorities straight of the people that love you is you're going to find your success story that way. I love that, priorities, that's everything. And like you said, everyone is different, but get your own priorities in order. I love that. So where, what are you doing next? What is in the world of savage land? What, what are you climbing towards and what is your next thing? You're so funny, I love that. Um, I know, it, well, first of all, you never, you never stop climbing because we're always growing. We never arrive at the top, we're always growing. And I love how you, um, I love how you call your show addicted to the climb because when you start climbing, you realize that once you do get to that top, there's another one to climb. And so we always wanna keep growing. We never arrive at the top. Um, but right now I'm really focusing on um, creating some amazing strategies for high achieving women who are executives, who are excelling in so many areas of their life, but they can't get their life balance together, whether it's their nutrition or getting promoted to the next level, uh, managing their time, not being a slave to their desk. I absolutely love helping women like that because they've already achieved something incredible in their in corporate America. And now they just want to get all the missing pieces together for their families and 
for um, just for their for their home life. They don't want to be stuck in the office. They want to have that balance. So I think that's my zone of genius. I'm an ideation type person, big idea, and I actually help them create strategy for their balance of their life. Um, so I'm doing a lot of that lately. I'm speaking a lot. Um, I just got back from Arizona. I was speaking on stage at the, uh, the Isogenics event. Um, just continuing to help women feel more financially secure and physically healthy, doing the same things, Cal, um, but knowing that I haven't reached everyone that I really want to reach. And I, I guess my ultimate goal is that women, all women, feel absolutely proud of who they are, what they stand for, and help them walk a little higher in their shoes. I love everything that you just said. That is so amazing, Kathy. I really appreciate you. And honestly, if it wasn't for you back in the day when I stepped into that savage camp, I don't know where I would be. Honestly, I just know you really changed the trajectory of my career path in so many ways. So I just want to say thank you for that. And thanks well, for- I, can, I say, can I say something about you, Kelly? Uh, sure. You know, I, I've worked with thousands and thousands and thousands of women. I mean, 30 years, you deal with a lot of wonderful people. Um, you are very special in every single way. You are who you are. You speak from the heart. You have that genuine spirit of truly wanting to help people. And, you know, I, I get that loud and clear. There is no hidden agenda here. The, the, you are just absolutely doing this and doing everything that you've done since I've known you um, to genuinely inspire other people. And I appreciate that. Uh, you were a joy to work with. Now we're friends and I'm supporting you every step of the way. So. Thank you so much. It means a lot. It truly does. And I feel the same exact way. So if there are women out there that are super excited to get involved with what you're doing, where can they find you or reach out to you? Um, Instagram is great. Uh, Kathy Savage official is my Instagram. Um, that's probably the best way to connect and DM me and I'll send you information or tips or anything that you're looking for. Uh, my website is kathysavagecoachingagency.com. And um, yeah, just I do a lot of uh, cool inspiration on my Instagram just for, just for fun. Um, so yeah, it'd be great to follow me. I, sometimes I'm sassy, but a lot of times it's inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You do. You do a lot of the affirmations. I read them all the time. They're awesome. So thanks for that. Well, I just want to thank you again for taking the time out of your day. And I just appreciate you and all that you're doing for your community and all the women that you speak life into. So the best of luck. And I will see you soon. Thanks, Kath. Love you, Cal. If you love this episode, make sure you guys tag me. And because I appreciate you all so much, I am offering you 10% off my course, Addicted to the Climb. You can find that on my website, kellytyan.com. Make sure to spell it K-E-L-L-E-Y-T-Y-A-N. Until the next time, keep on climbing. <laughs>